Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. I am referee Mark Freilich, and thanks for joining me today. It is episode number 56 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast. Today's guest is the Ohio High School Athletic Association Director of Officiating and Sports Management, Bo Rugg. Bo joined the Ohio High School Athletic Association in the fall of 2012 as interim assistant commissioner and was hired as assistant commissioner in February of 2013. He currently oversees the OHSAA's officiating program, which includes working with the 17,000 plus registered officials, working with each sports director of officials development and overseeing and working with state and local rules interpreters, officiating instructors, officials assigners, and local officials associations and secretaries. He's also the association's administrator for the sports of football and wrestling. Previously, uh, Bo worked full-time at the Ohio State University's Department of Recreational Sports, Uh, He started there in 1986 and served as assistant director and moved into um, two different associate director positions before retiring after 25 years in 2011. While he was there, he directed a comprehensive intramural sports program encompassing 33 sports before shifting his duties to fundraising and directing marketing sponsorship facility scheduling, membership, and customer service. Uh, Bo has has always had a strong tie with the OHSAA over the years. He served as a registered contest official for football, where he uh, officiated in six state tournament uh, six state tournaments, and uh, he was in basketball also for more than thirty years, where he has also been an officiating instructor. In, two, uh, in both of those sports, in football and basketball. Uh, he's also been the manager of the OHSAA State Track and Field Tournament for 22 years, the head runner for the OHSAA State Individual Wrestling Tournament for 25 years, and a member in, of the scoring and timing staff uh, at the OHSAA Boys Basketball State Tournament for 17 years. In addition to that, uh, Bo was an NCAA Division III football official for 10 years and uh, has directed the track tournament for 25 of the 30 years in which he has volunteered for the Ohio Special Olympic Games and has also served on the timing staff at Ohio State University home football and men's basketball games for more than 25 years. That is one busy guy. Uh, he's a native of Newark, Ohio, graduated from Deerfield Academy in Western Massachusetts. He holds a couple of degrees from Ohio State with a Bachelor of Science degree in Physical Education in 1980 and a Master's of Arts degree in Sport Management in 1981. Uh, Bo also completed his doctoral work in Physical Education and Sports Management with a minor in Business Management. Uh, He and his wife Marina reside in Upper Arlington and they have a daughter Meredith who is 28 and a son Sam who is 25. Um, Just a great interview. You're going to get a lot out of some of the things that go on in the OHSAA and how he has had his thumbprint on a lot of these things. So a very valuable asset to sports officiating in Ohio. 
The Ohio High School Basketball Referee Podcast is sponsored by PQ2 LLC, and that's courtesy of owner and good friend Matt Kearns. Uh, Matt's been a basketball official in Ohio for 36 years, and he's got himself a great business. You can learn more about this business at PQ-2.com. And you also can become an official supporter of the the High School Basketball Referee. Uh, Just check out the show notes for this episode or any episode uh, for a link to that support page. And I also thank you very much. And also thanks for taking time to listen to this episode. And this again, this is episode number 56 with Bo Rugg. And that begins in just a few seconds. And we welcome you to another episode of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. And we're just extremely thrilled today to have you with us, Bo. Uh, Thanks for taking time out of your day to be with us. Uh, Happy to be here. And before we get into the uh, meat of our podcast, we want to do a little uh, thank you for uh, Matt Kearns and his company, PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back. If your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, Connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. You can follow or like the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. You'll find all of the episodes, and eventually we're hoping to add some additional content. In the meantime, find the links on the show notes, or you can go ahead and search for the podcast on those social media outlets. And we enter into the pregame section here with Bo Rugg, and uh, boy, you have an impressive resume, as we heard in the introduction um, you already had a full career with Ohio State's rec sports. Um, talk about what brought you to career number two with the OHSAA in 2012 and full-time in 2013. Well, uh, part of it, you know, certainly is the fact that I've been associated with this organization for uh, 30 years uh, during my career at, at Ohio State. And uh, being an official and uh, being a manager of state high school track and field um, and assisting in the uh, administration of the wrestling tournament and, um, and working at basketball tournaments uh, and, and the like is I've, I've kind of always been associated with the organization. So once I stopped at Ohio State, it was just a wonderful opportunity that I, I got to come over here and, and further serve um, you know, the students of Ohio. So um, it was, uh, I was very blessed to have this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, you sure have. And, you know, as an official, you know, goodness, with six state tournaments in football, you've got more than 30 years in basketball and instructor in football and basketball. Talk about how you first became an official and what kind of got you into that. Yeah. You know, um, like anything, um, the best part about any sports playing it, uh, the second best thing I believe is coaching it, and the third best thing is officiating it. And being a fan is a distant fourth. So um, I started out coaching. I, I always thought I would teach and coach basketball. 
thought that would that would have been uh, my life's pursuit. Uh, but as I got into administration at Ohio State, um, and uh, I was coaching at the time when I was a grad assistant, and then uh, you know working full time, I just didn't have the time to coach. You have to have a lot more time than I could give, and I wanted to stay involved. And I'd done a little bit of officiating in college, and I thought, well, maybe that's a way for me to stay involved, and it was. Uh, it was a great uh, a great way to stay involved in the sport, give back to the sports that I loved, and, um, and, and enjoy it. So that's how I got started, and once you get started – you know, you just, if you're competitive, you just keep going and uh, and try to do more and uh, and try to achieve goals and, and be good at what you do. So were you, when you were at Ohio State, um, did you ever try to maybe get into um, football coaching with any of the staff there or basketball coaching at all? No, I coached basketball uh, when I was first at Ohio State as a student and then grad student. Uh, I coached some, I uh, coached freshmen uh, freshman girls at, uh, Kilbourne and, um, and got into coaching, you know, kind of around the area. And actually, uh, I was working, um, for Fred Taylor, the former coach at Ohio state when he was managing the golf club in new Albany in the summer. And I was, you know, when I was still thinking about being a coach, he was going to get me hooked up with one of his formers, uh, to, to assist and coach. So, um, it really was the transition of, of getting full-time work and saying I don't have the time to, to move it over to officiating. Yeah, that's exciting. Fred Fred Taylor's a big name. That's uh, quite – He was that, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, since this is the High School Basketball Review Podcast, let's talk a little bit about um, basketball. And, and in your 30 years of officiating, no doubt that you had a lot of pre-games. Uh, now that you're no longer officiating but the director of officiating, what are your thoughts – about the pregame and its importance. Yeah, you know, pregames uh, just can really set the tone for an easy night um, uh, for the officials, an easy game. And, and because you've, you know, uh, by the term pregame, you've pre-communicated on things that may happen that uh, will make it easier for you when they do happen out there. And uh, really talking about a lot of how we'll communicate on the court with each other um, when we get there. And I think, you know, um, the best pregames I had, I know, in football and uh, and basketball were with people that talked about, you know, it's not only um, uh, what, what you're doing and how you're communicating, but what you're looking at while you're out there. You know, how are we... Uh, really dividing up and and doing the things that we should be doing and trusting each other and um, you know if you if you go over that in the pregame you end up building trust when you get onto the court and then you're not feeling like I got to look all over the court I can look at what I need to look at and trust my partner to look at what they need to look at and and I just think that that helps set the tone for that. Yeah, and, and one of the questions that um, I, I don't think I included in, in your pre-list there, but um, especially if you have new officials that are on the game, maybe some people that you're not familiar with, um, have you ever worked with somebody that just really didn't um, grasp what you were saying in the pre-game and you had to con- have that constant conversation throughout the game? And how, how do officials uh, get through that throughout the game? 
Yeah, that can be difficult. Um, you know, hopefully you can you can get some things across, but you know, some people, especially if they're new, they're kind of uh, a little bit uh, deer in the headlights, and yeah. and while they they're hearing you, they're not listening because they're just so many things are going through their head, and um, and so that makes it a little bit of a struggle while you're out there. But hopefully, you can get through that by the natural breaks in the game of of uh, of pointing out a few things to say, uh, remember we went over this and you can do this and, and that, and, um, and, and, you know, kind of get them through it. Uh, but it's like anything. Uh, the only thing that, that makes you better in that is experience. And sometimes you got to experience it, uh, in a, in a little tougher situation and then you'll get better the next time. And, uh, and you just got to be patient with people. That's the best way to, to go about it. I was talking with Matt Kearns the other day. Matt is, of course, the owner of our major sponsor, PQ2 LLC. And he was reminding me that, and this goes for every official, the importance of all of us to continue recruiting officials while at the same time, maybe refinding ourselves and understanding why we got into officiating. We know part of the reason we officiate is to help that particular official or to be an example for that student athlete. And of course, to continue to build great relationships. That's kind of the theme you'll find with Matt's company, PQ2. It's been around for a while now, and it's always good to be that business, which helps a particular client that recruits new players and also helps with clients' particular needs. Learn more about PQ2 and see how they can help you by going to pq-2.com or calling Matt at 330-888-9448. You can become an official podcast supporter of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick by visiting anchor.fm backslash mark-fralick backslash support. Find the support link on the show description of this episode or on the description of the podcast on the home section of the podcast. Thank you very much. And we begin our first quarter and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, this season for a little moment. Um, What are some of the positive things that you're seeing with the officiating in Ohio for this season? Well, I think the the things I see this season is what I've seen in um, a lot of seasons is that I'm always uh, very heartened by the fact of the dedication of our officials and and uh, and that they're in it for the right reasons. I think um, you know it, it's. Uh, uh, I see a lot of things that come across whether I'm I'm on someone's uh, list of uh, what they do bulletin wise in their local association or or uh, group texts and diff- different things of they're just discussing things and constantly sharing ideas, and that's what the officiating community is about. The other thing that they're about is um, I can't tell you how many that, that kind of, when they communicate with me, what can I do for you? How can I help? Uh, it's a very giving community. So those are the types of things I see every season that make me feel good about officiating in Ohio. Good. Well, that's good to hear. And, and also from your desk as, as the director, what are you hearing uh, the most of in complaints in the complaint category, um, and, and where do they come from? Do they come from fans, coaches, fellow officials? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, 
a little bit of all three, but mostly from fans. And, and unfortunately, the complaints you get from fans are, are not real, really based on a lot of knowledge. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, it's ones that I can answer that are uh, that really, truly have a question and don't understand, I'm happy to answer. But ones that just want to fire off and say things that are just outside the realm of reality, I just don't. Um, officials, if officials uh, send me something that's a uh, concern, um, I always answer them. Um, and we will get them an answer. may not be the, the answer they want to hear, but I, I, I want to answer them because I know the effort that they're putting into it. And the same with coaches. Our member schools, you know, we serve our schools and we serve our officials. And so uh, those are the ones that they deserve answers to questions that they have. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm happy to give them the answer um, that I have, even though that might not be the answer they want to hear. Right. Yep. And, and your job has to be interesting daily with, with something coming up new every day. Uh, give us a little sneak peek, if you would, like a, a day in the life of Bo Rugg. <laughs> What's the, the typical day for you? Or is there not a typical day? Well, uh, there there is and there isn't. There, there are typical days as it relates to what's happening uh, in our season. Um, and that changes based on what's happening. In other words, early – we, we work so far ahead early in the basketball season. Uh, I'm working with uh, Angie Lawler on my staff to make sure we're, we're taking care of the regional and state assigning because we have to get that, that done so we can send it out to the district boards. They know who the regional and state people are so they can start formulating their plans for what they're going to do in sectional and districts. So early season, we're heavily involved in that. And as the season progresses, it's really what are we um, working for in relation to getting ready for the tournaments themselves and, and what that means and whatever changes are going on and all that stuff. And then always working toward the future. So I want to be – I want to go to as many games as I can. I want to observe people because I'm always looking at what are, what are these people, what I want to look at in the future, where do they want to go who do I want to have uh, elevate into that regional level and that state level and, um, and a lot of that. And then um, our, our whole life of, of working with all the requirements that officials have that we have to document and, and make sure we're, we're getting through those things. So all of those things fill in and then um, the life of what we have here uh, is we're always working with our other sports that are year-round uh, questions. Uh, I'll answer um, a handful of questions today on football, which I already did, hmm. uh, because I'm the football administrator, and and th they don't stop. And so hmm. today was a big day on uh, getting our lacrosse coaches uh, meetings out because their state rule interpretation meetings go live tomorrow. And so, you know, you're always working present, future, and past uh, because you get questions on all of those. And yeah. so the day in the life really is, is like that. And uh, sometimes it's triage. What do I have to answer right now uh, versus what I, have, I, I can put off because this is urgent. So that's our day, and we love it because it's busy, 
and uh, it's always it's always helping the community, uh, hopefully uh, in in their needs, and that's what being in the service industry is all about. Yeah, no no question about it. And when you look at your job, what's maybe some of the biggest challenges that you have? Challenge uh, one of the challenges. What I just said is really kind of balancing everything mm-hmm. is is very difficult, and um, um, and, and you know. Uh, and finding time to do the big things we have to do, and we have to do this in officiating, is the, the big things are we've got to get better at training that helps our retention. We've got to get better at bringing new people in, and uh, that takes time and effort that if you're triaging all the time, you can't do. So we're reorganizing some things and, and, and making it so – a couple of us can really get involved in that. Our district boards need help as it relates to assigning sectional and district. And those are big chunk items that uh, it's a challenge to find the time to do those things. And we, we have to do that. And uh, that to me is the big thing is, is, um, is, you know, managing those big projects while you still have to do all those triage things every day sure yep and you talked a little bit about your staff and it really is a a great staff and i know you're just like everybody else uh being under the gun and maybe understaffed um you know we've had your director of communications tim street on our podcast already because he's a registered basketball official uh i know i've spoken to angie lawler in the past quite a bit and she's simply just i think you know a rock star who always seems to have a smile on her face talk about that staff and some of the things that they have to work through throughout the basketball season. Yeah, it's, um, it's Angie is really everything involved in tournament officiating. She does it all. Uh, she gets the questionnaires out, gets the questionnaires back and, and gets everything ready for those people that assign, uh, every sport. And so she keeps that all very, very organized. Um, as it relates to basketball, uh, Angie is, is more heavily involved in that, um, she's also the person that is, is the, uh, front, front of the window, I guess, at the basketball state, uh, where all the teams and all the officials come in and she's organizing, getting them to where they need to go. Um, so she's just, she is wonderful. You're right. Um, <laughs> and, and she really works with almost everybody on staff, especially our sport administrators in every sport. And um, uh, Charles Anderson is uh, currently uh, doing all of our officials registrar stuff, but all of our DODs and and district administrators are now going to go through him. And Tyler Brooks has just left the staff. Hmm. Um, We're going to replace him with someone that's going to be 100% inofficiating, like Tyler was when he started here, and he transitioned into a lot of sports. So we need the effort in officiating because – you know, volume, we have a ton of volume and, uh, and we need that effort, uh, all the time to be able to serve our 14,000 plus officials in all of our sports. So, um, it's a great, great team. Uh, I like people that want to work in the team environment. Um, everybody that's played sports probably likes that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we, we have a lot of interest on Tyler's position. We're, excited about bringing on a new team member and and really take on some of the initiatives that we that we want to get to rule one section a article three in the project management rule book says trust in your business partner 
gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. We're going to run into our second quarter, and this is kind of a rules-based second quarter uh, on our conversation. But before we get into that, you uh, have an interesting job at Ohio State today. You served on the, uh, you currently serve on the timing staffs at Ohio State home football and men's basketball games. You've done that for more to, more than twenty-five years um, in basketball. If I'm not mistaken, you're the shot clock operator. Um, so talk about that job and some of the challenges that go along with that timing position. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, people ask me all the time, how did I get into that? Well, I worked for a man named Fred Beekman at Ohio State that one day told me, you're coming to the men's basketball game and you're doing the backup book. And I just I did every position in that. And, uh, when, and then I started the shot clock about 25 years ago, and he did the same thing in football with us. And I only took time off when I was working college football when I, I wasn't working the timing staff. And I, I came back, and, and now I coordinate the staff up there. And, um, you know, it's just I, I love that uh, atmosphere while I'm watching mm-hmm. uh, sports, especially basketball uh, at floor level is, is wonderful. Now, the, the tough thing about uh, basketball and the shot clock is, and now I'm doing the play clock in football starting this year, oh, wow. um, is the concentration level uh, all the time is, is – is challenging. I mean, you really have to concentrate. It's like you're officiating um, because you concentrate on each play and each each everything that's happening. So um, it keeps me uh, focused. I like that. Um, I'm kind of a blithering idiot when I watch games at home on TV. <laughs> so um, this keeps me kind of focused and and into the game itself. So yeah, it's it's. Um, I still enjoy it. Um, and so I'll keep doing it as long as I can do it well and still enjoy it. Well, anybody that knows about all of the questions that's happening in high school basketball probably knew where I was going with this, uh, with that question. Cause, um, a, a day prior to our interview, I was on Twitter and I was reading someone's post advocating for the addition, um, of the, of the charge arc and the shot clock. So, um, talk about some of the things that you see um, with, let's start with the shot clock. Do you foresee that implementing in Ohio at all in the future or not? Well, uh, I, you know, I, I, not in the near future. I yeah. just don't think there's much broad-based support for it from coaches, um, schools, and, and anyone. Um, I've just said, and I said it to our athletic directors when the NFHS said, you may uh, have this by state adoption. I said, the thing you have to think about on the shot clock is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you have to have someone to run that shot clock that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I know from personal experience, that's not easy. And if you think about 815 schools that are playing basketball, uh, boys and girls, um, that's a lot of people that have to do it and do it well. And I've, I've officiated games in the regional campuses and, 
in college uh, not that long ago, six, seven years ago. And, you know, they just had a student or somebody just come on, volunteer to do the shot clock today. You spend the whole time correcting the shot clock because it's not easy. And so that's a challenge. It isn't like that can't be overcome, but you have to know that going in to say, what am I going to do to make sure I have someone competent to do this? Because it's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So that's, that was point one. And, and the other point is um, that I think the coaches and, and others look at is, do we need it? I mean, <clears throat> the data shows everybody's shooting the basketball within 20 seconds. So um, on average, so, you know, do you need it? And, and so why have it? Um, to me, uh, uh, the coaches, coaches are going to coach to what they need to do. And if you have a, uh, a shot clock, they'll coach to that. And I don't think that's a problem, uh, but it's, it, it's still all about who wants it. And right now, we just don't have the broad-based support in the in a community to have it. And um, until that happens, it won't happen. Yeah, and probably the other thing is there's there's no instant replay. I mean, how many times on TV do we see them going to the instant replay when the shot clock goes off? And if we have pretty important league games, Correct. yeah, there's there's no instant replay to go and and look at. Um, what about the charge arc? Do you foresee that uh, coming in at all? You know, that's a great question and, and probably not the best question for me. It's probably a good question for the uh, rules committee in the NFHS because that's mm-hmm. where that will come from Yeah. Um, if they if they want it. So um, I don't uh, – the, the rules committee in basketball doesn't do a lot of, a lot of rule changes <laughs> every <don't>. year. Um, <laughs> and, and But I'm uh, – I try to keep in tune with what's, what's coming and I don't – I don't hear that through the through the grapevine yet, but uh, that doesn't mean it won't pop up. Yeah. Um, and and but it's it's something that that you know it's as it's talked about. Um, it's probably good to reach out to the liaison with the NFHS committee and say, hey, is this on uh, the radar of people? Because usually, if it's on the radar, if it's come up. Um, it takes a couple years to get something passed. If it's come up a couple times, then maybe it's on the track to, to be done. So yeah. be interesting to find out. You had just talked about there's not been many rules changes in the past. So uh, say Bo Rugg is on the uh, rules committee. What kind, of, what kind of things do you think you would want to see changed if you had that ability to change the rules? Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, in basketball – I, I feel the game is, is really, really good. I don't think there's a ton out there. Uh, it's like anything. I'm on the um, National Rules Committee in football, and uh, to me, that's all about um, listening to your community and asking them what they think is, is, is good for the game and, um, and you know, what I may think is, is good for the game. Um, it, it's... Um, I don't have anything out there that I think, oh my God, I can't believe we don't have this in basketball. I, I like, I like what we have right now. I think it's a, it's a good game. I don't think there's any glaring weaknesses in the game, um, and so I don't, I don't have anything that I think, oh my gosh, this needs done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel good about that. Um, uh, at the, at the same time, you know what. Um, 
what do our coaches and our officials in general think are are things that that uh, we struggle with because the rules are a hindrance is what I'd like to know. So yeah. uh, I think that's the that's the big thing about rule changes. Well, let's take a quick break uh, for halftime, and when we come back, we will um, uh, entertain our third and fourth quarters, which we want to talk a little bit about new officials and some of the uh, online classes uh, that we've encountered this year. And uh, we are also going to talk about those wonderful five quick decisions. So we'll be right back. Exponential results. Longtime Ohio High School basketball official Matt Kearns is owner of PQ2 and engineering thermal plastics for virtually any engineered application is their expertise. They will help you source the right material for every application, including UL-listed, FDA, and NSF-approved resins. Matt and his team are proud of their best-in-class domestic and international supply relationships. When you need specialty resins, they deliver branded, prime certified materials from the producer. The industry has changed over the years, but one thing has not, and that's PQ2's attention to detail, the quality of their products, and the care for those who use their products. Become better acquainted with PQ2 after browsing through their website at pq-2.com and then let them know how they can provide a tailored solution for you. So our third quarter, we want to talk about uh, uh, new officials. And in previous years, to become an official in Ohio, you took an in-person class. So if you're from out of state listening to this, uh, I'm sure you probably have the same thing. You took an in-person class, uh, which included class time. You had some on-court time. Uh, and then and then you became a basketball official after you passed the test. Now, beginning this year, um, Bo, I believe OHSA partnered with RefReps to provide some online instructions for potential new officials, uh, really, honestly, from the convenience of their home. So i um, just curious, how is that online certification process working this season? Well, uh, there's some real good successes, and there's some things that, that we know we need to work on. <clears throat> First, I'd like to say, you know, for the out-of-state listeners, there's a lot of states that don't require a class. They just require you to, to take a test, which I did 100 years ago, and then you can co-officiate, which isn't the best way to go. Uh, what we needed to do is be able to capture people when they have interest mm-hmm. to to be able to, i got to get involved right now. So somebody's watching the Super Bowl this week, and i kind of like to be a, I have interest in football fishing. We need them to be able to go on, and which they can do now, and get on our site, and there's a class offered, and they can get started with their online curricula. Um, and w- so what's the success? The success is we got to change our our uh, vernacular out there of saying it's hard to get people interested in officiating because since in the last six months we've had over four thousand people get on uh, for various sports and 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 start the the class the online class wow. so there's interest out there that's a good thing the the challenge right now is getting them from that interest to getting some minimal training on the court, on the on the field, on the pitch, whatever, and out officiating and then staying. That's that's our challenge. And that to me is a training challenge. It's a connection challenge. And it's only gonna take 
uh, all of us, uh, when I say us at, at, at this office, our local associations, our assigners, our DODs, our DAs, all working together to provide opportunities to get people from the interest part taking this online to actually getting on on the court and officiating and staying and being successful. And that's that's the big initiatives that we're working on right now. I mean, that's when you talk real time. We just talked about this with our DODs yesterday, with our DAs last week, and uh, and our local associations. We've been we've been talking about this, but we we have to give more direction and and more outlines of what we want to do from here uh, to get to get this going. But the good news is interest is there. And so let's get them from interest to actually doing it. Yeah, and that's a great point. And, uh, you know, when you look at trying to get everybody involved, um, is that something that, that the OHSA will come out and offer suggestions? Or is it just uh, a group of people talking with each other? Or what kind of things have you discussed already maybe that you can share with us? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. Uh, you know, what, what we want to do is give people, uh, first of all, I'm a big believer in modeling what's what's successful out there and um and can i give the association in ironton ohio um hey this is what they're doing in in uh, youngstown and it's working and uh and maybe your association can do this and and what assigners are out there hey are you do you have camps do you have clinics let's get some new officials there and we've got to get them there we got to get them there at no cost to, to get some minimal training so you can assign them because you need them because you're the ones that are hurting the most. Mm-hmm. And so how do we get our assigners involved in that? And then uh, our directors of fishing development and our DAs uh, working, again, in our locales out there, what are the types of things that are out there that we can get hooked into? And our schools, because our schools, you've got they've got freshmen and, and middle school and all these, they all have scrimmages in all sports and can i say to the schools look what we want to do is run a clinic at your scrimmages you're going to you're going to have a three-way scrimmage in a in a in a basketball freshman you know you budgeted out x amount of dollars for them give us that money and we'll run a we'll run a clinic here so these new officials can come in get some experience and we can keep them and get them connected and uh and so we want to provide those ideas we want to provide some assistance and we may provide some funding and uh, so it's it's all of the above working together uh, to get this done, and um, and we're only limited by our own creativity. That's all. Um, and I, I know we can get there in this, and it will it will take off. But we we just got to. I know some some of our local associations, especially, just need some help getting started with ideas, and we're going to give that to them. Yeah, and, and this has been the really the what the first year for this. So there's a lot of learning going on for everybody for the following years, right? Correct. Yeah, the uh, you know the numbers have been down. It's really good to hear you say that uh, there's been what four thousand overall between all the sports um, that are interested. There, but there still seems to be some media coverage, um, a negative um, media coverage about the shortage of officials. Is there anything? that um, either the OHSAA or officials can do to help combat that issue and, and talk more about the positives of officiating? Yeah, we do have to talk about the positives. You're exactly right, uh, Mark. I, I, I think uh, we've, 
um, the good news is I was worried about interest and I'm not as worried about interest now. And so I think you got people that are interested. We need to keep talking about the positive aspects of what it's about. And, and it all starts with getting people to understand the, uh, that the officials are part of the total package of what is in a scholastic sports and sports in general. Um, and, and, uh, we've got our executive director is very tied in and, and that's another big initiative of our, ours is we've got to get control of our sport environments. It should be easier for us in, um, interscholastic sports because our schools can control the environments but it's it's not good for our officials to be the ones trying to control fans that's not a good thing that only leads to confrontation the administrators and the people that are that are responsible for the environment need to control the environment and there's some positives out there um positive examples of that happening but that's got to happen because interest, getting people to start officiating is one thing. Keeping them is all about retention, and retention's all about the environment. It's all about the environment. And, uh, and we've got to get control of that and make people feel safe. And, uh, and just as we want to give our local associations ideas on how to do that, we have to help our schools. You know, you've got to... You're telling me there's nobody in your school community that you can't say, I'm going to meet the officials, be with the officials the whole time they're there, locker room, after, before, during, halftime, to help them feel safe, get them in here and get them out here and and feel good about being here. That's a big part of it. And um, and there's nothing better than when you go to a uh, school and you're met and and you get with your partners you have a great time and you leave and it's a great feeling we don't talk about that enough yeah. uh you know we see the negative uh all the time and and uh because and even though those are the minority of the of the experiences that are out there that's the ones you see all the time we need to see the positive nature of what's out there and and there's a ton of positive out there and to me how do we get that message out that the the most satisfying times is you work a great game and you have a group of officials and you, you go out after and share ideas. It's a wonderful uh, atmosphere. And how do we get that out there for people to understand? This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. All right, our fourth quarter, um, there was recently was a survey 
that was sent to all of, um, I think it was sent to all of the basketball officials in Ohio um, from one high school in central Ohio. They surveyed 2,756 basketball officials. And according to the survey, the top reason that officials quit was fan abuse. And I think you just touched on that a little bit with having, you know, we need to have somebody that's able to control that on the administration side. But what are some, I'm just curious, what are some of the examples that you have heard from your office regarding fan abuse? Well, we get, uh, you know, we'll get the ones that are, that are bad that are out there. And, and right now, one of the biggest things that's happening is, is is fans actually coming onto the court. Yeah, I, I just, I'm appalled by that. I, you know, I I went to basketball games as a kid uh, in Newark, Ohio, with my parents, and I would never, you know, the the, the court was a barrier. You know, you, you you didn't go onto the court. That just wasn't, you know, it's like a force field. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we I get videos all the time, middle school games, parents walking right down on the court, yeah. and um, that that's the kind of stuff that you know that's the first line of defense you have to stop you know there is no interaction between you need to stay where you where you're supposed to stay and um you you know it's 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 really about um part of it is getting control of the environments and you can carry the stick to get control if you're you're an administrator in your school and we've got schools and leagues that if a parent gets abusive and gets gets thrown out they're out they don't come back um, and I think people need to realize it's a privilege uh, to go that, and you can't act any way you want. The other thing is I think we just need to, um, the more and more we can do to help people understand the human nature of this and that, you know what, uh, I was asked, I think, in my halftime interview uh, in, in the football championships, if I could say anything to fans uh, about officials, um, what would I say? I'd say, they're all trying out there. I mean, just like the coach, you know, coach may call bad play yeah. and, and uh, the uh, a player may make a bad play and, and take a bad shot and, and, uh, and, and, and do something, but they're trying. It isn't for lack of effort. And um, if you understand that the effort's there and they're in it for the right reasons, uh, it helps make them uh, more, more human to the people. And I think we have to do that. Um, and it, the fans are a tough one, but, uh, but again, that has to come from the communities uh, more than from the officials. It just does. That's the only way we'll lift this. Do you remember um, maybe when you were playing, when I played basketball, I remember with about a minute to go, they would take this big rope and they would go from one side to the other on both sides of the stadium. Or, Absolutely. Or, yeah. Yeah. They, maybe we need to resurrect that, right? But who's going to keep those fans in, <laughs> especially yeah. if they rush the floor? <laughs> well, that same survey um, that that uh, asked the officials about um, some things, uh, they also the number two reason that officials quit was because of coach abuse. Now, you know, uh, again, that that's I guess coach abuse could be a lot of different things, but anything that's come across your um, your way without naming names or schools, anything interesting, the stories that you can share that have happened over the years in Ohio? Well, I, you know, uh, a couple of things. Um, I think from a, um, from a coach perspective, 
um, again, we, we need good leaders in, in the coaching profession to help lead others. And one of the things that I'm, I'm, uh, you know, kind of bullish on right now is everything below the varsity level, um, needs to be about teaching. It doesn't, you know, it, you don't need to be the begging for calls type person at, at that level. You, you really need to be, uh, about teaching and understanding that everybody in that environment, uh, is learning. Um, and I, 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 uh, I, I get this at, at times in um, when I get something that, that comes across my desk, and I do get it on you know this coach. Guy, you know I I can't believe this official. I, I was just doing this and 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 I didn't like the call and I didn't like this. I'm like, hey, it's middle school basketball. <laughs> they're, they're coach your team because um, I, I'm I can get. Uh, some people can say it's a little um, snippy what I can get when I say, hey, um, I think you need to teach your kids to dribble and pass uh, more than coaching me. I would say that all the time. I'm not coachable. Your kids might be coachable and, and, and put your, your efforts there. And uh, we just really need to, to uh, talk with coaches and, and, um, and get them together to say, Look, uh, you serve a vital purpose and a wonderful purpose, um, but your purpose is not to coach officials. Just not your purpose. And um, and uh, you know it's all right to disagree with a call. I, I no problem with that. Uh, but you've got to get off of um, getting personal and and getting angry and and it, and it works both ways. Same way with officials. I mean, you know, understand coaches are passionate. When they disagree with the call, they disagree with the call. If they can disagree and get off of that, your life is great. Um, but, um, you know, don't don't make them more mad by you being mad. And, um, and so it works both ways. We've got to get uh, both groups understanding we're in this together. It's for those those 10 players out there on the court and, um, and, and we're all trying. So, um, yeah, I think it starts at the top. It starts at our schools. It starts with the athletic directors and the head coaches of the varsity to, to help the others that are learning from them. Um, and I, I know for me, my best experience, and I'm not, I'm not, I, sometimes officials, are the worst coaches because they want to try to coach the game, officiate the game, and do all that. And when I uh, left Ohio State, I was going to retire. Um, I had a friend of mine um, that said, hey, do you have any young kids over there that would want to assist me on the seventh grade basketball that I'm coaching? Coach a long time over in Upper Arlington. I said, you know, would you consider, uh, would you mind if I did it? And he goes, are you kidding me, aren't you? I said, no, I'm not kidding. I said, I, I always, I, I love coaching when I coach, and now I have time. I wasn't officiating anymore, and I was just retiring from Ohio State, and I, and, and I, and I, and I assisted him, and I and loved it. It was a volunteer thing that, 
it just was wonderful. I got back to some of my roots, but I loved watching him because I never saw him do anything but coach the kids. I mean, he just, you know, a call is a call. And you may say, well, I didn't think I was very good, but he was we're coaching the kids. And it was, it was just great to see. And um, there's good models out there that, uh, that um, you know, we just have to get back to uh, what is our purpose. And, um, and, you know, part of it is we're our own worst enemy sometimes. We, we let coaches do more than we should. Draw the line. I did when I was an official. I drew the line and said, this is it. And sometimes I probably had a reputation of being uh, a bit of a, a hard person, but um, that's that's okay. Uh, I know that the coaches that I like the best, um, I, I drew the line, and sometimes when they crossed it, I had to give what they I had to give. They respected that, um, but um, it, it's it's difficult. But we have to have more communication on what our roles are that's that i believe that as you've heard in this podcast many times many officials say that the relationships within the community of basketball officials is a huge reason why they take um, the floor each and every game year after year pq2 llc they bring that same passion that you have in the locker room to every client relationship they've built over the years PQ2 is proud to be the thermoplastics resins company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. And we go into the post game and we want to talk a little bit about game pay. And uh, it's always an interesting conversation with a lot of us. You know, that officiating pay seems to be all, all across the board across the state and probably in other states as well and and I know around in my area I think for varsity basketball it's between 75 and 85 some are even higher like next year those pay rates for varsity we're looking at like 90 to 100 or more um, how much will the the increased rates help in bringing new officials and retain current officials do you think well I think it's a big deal uh, right now this was the best um, off season, the summertime for officials as far as pay rates in 50 years, yeah. at least, if not more. Um, and I was in the middle of a lot of that because I got it from the officials and from their point of view and I got it from the schools from their point of view. Yeah. And I understood both. Uh, and what I told the officials uh, was you got to understand that schools are, are based on budgeting and you have to get them at the right time to budget and get through it. There isn't a school administrator that I talked to that didn't think officials didn't need more. But you have to understand that there has to be a process. And from the school end, they're like, oh, my God, you know, we got all this stuff. And I said, hey, I said, in 1993, I was working high school football for $64 a game. And last year, uh, the big uh, – uh, league in Central Ohio, the OCC, was paying 68 So I said, do the math. Wow. That's 30 years and $4. And so this was going to come to a head. So um, the schools have really stepped up on this, and, um, and the increases have been really, really positive. 
Um, and, and people have to understand that, um, officials have to understand that you got an increase and you got, especially if you get a guarantee from schools that we're going to look at this every year and what we want to do, that's more positive karma than we've had in a hundred years. <laughs> so that's a great thing. Um, and so it's, it's been a really good thing, uh, that people have understood that it, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be higher, uh, to, uh, again, to keep officials, to make it worth it. Um, it, it isn't free what you do. You got to travel, you got to uh, buy clothes, you got to do that stuff. So um, it's been a very positive impact. So tell me, Bo, what was the, what were you getting as a varsity basketball official when you first started? Do you remember? When I first started? Yeah. 30, I think. For varsity? 30 or 35, wow. something like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's like 150 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, um, but uh, but it went up. You know, it would go up, and then you know it was like at that 50, 55 range forever. I mean, it seems like you know I was there for the bulk of my time. Um, it just didn't go up uh, incrementally very well. So, um, and that's what happens because you know you can say they took advantage of officials. But it just it was it was, they didn't think about it because the official didn't do it for the money, and so they weren't crying for the money all the time. Mm-hmm. But you would never think about that. I mean, you know, in 1990, what was the the police officer making? You know, thirty, thirty-five. Right. They're making sixty-five, seventy now, an hour. Right. Um, uh, and that that went up just every year. Nobody thought about that. But officials don't ask for it and. You know, there's nobody saying we're going to set this this game fee, and so it's it's a it's a difficult process, but sure. very positive right now. Yep, yep. And and with those increased rates, I mean, from an OHSAA standpoint, how is that um, going to have an effect on on you know that association? Because you, you probably are going to have to increase tournament pay as well, right? Yeah, we have we have it, and we look at that every year, and and. Uh, uh, my goal is always, of course, number one, to keep uh, our sectional rates higher than regular season rates. Because if you're doing a tournament game, it should be higher. Uh, now, a sectional game doesn't have to be a lot higher because some of those games are easier than a regular season game. But it still needs to be higher. And then district higher and then regional and then state. Yeah. And then uh, and the regional and state fees, um, we really need to look comprehensively. I've talked about this for about four or five months now, and I got to put a group together to kind of look at all sports, regional and state, and 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 why are they at where they're at? They're pretty good. I do compare those nationally. We we're doing really well, but why is basketball at one ninety for state and baseball at one forty? I don't know. Um, we need to answer those questions, and and um, I think. Uh, uh, I, I want to be kind of proactive and not wait for someone to say, hey, this is not a good rate right. uh, to say I, we want to keep it up there. It's been up there. I know we're, we're I'm a benchmarker. We're, we're good nationally. But, um, you know, I, I also want to be fair from sport to sport. So mm-hmm. um takes a lot of uh, – I, I got to get some people involved to look at that and give me some history on why it was set at this. But sectional level is easy. Uh, and I, I want it to be higher than the regular season that's out there, and I can I keep my hand on that pulse. 
So uh, last question in the post game, and I, I want to talk a little bit about um, maybe college basketball chair, what maybe cherry picking, I guess you'd call it. Some of our quality young officials, um, you know, as an assigner, I'm feeling the impact of that, and uh, there sometimes it's even the veteran officials. So um, I actually had a local college from where I'm at here contact me and ask if I could do a JV women's basketball game for 150 bucks. And uh, I was booked, so I didn't get to do it. But, you know, if I'm a young official or even, you know, as long as I've been doing it, to travel less than a half mile of 150 bucks, it's kind of enticing. Um, any thoughts from, from you about how we can keep our officials in high school full-time? And that might be a big stretch, but uh, any thoughts on that? Well, I'm a, I'm a believer that uh, if, if someone wants to aspire to do uh, a different level, uh, I want to help them. Um, and, and it's a natural transition going from that. But um, uh, part of it is, is officials being realistic on, you know, the percentages of, of people that actually do, um, do those and, and, um, and committing to, to, to one or the other full time, I don't think is, is probably a good way to go um, as you're ascending. You know, if you get to Division One level, that's that's what you're doing. But if you're at any other level, um, uh, we we'd like you to do and stay with your high school roots. And a lot of people, you know, you're going to get a lot of better competition uh, in in your good high school leagues around this state than you are in, in some of your Division Three and, and even Division Two uh, rank and file games. So we want to keep them involved. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, the, the more people we get um, from a volume perspective uh, that enjoy the high school game, uh, and, and you know from working, uh, the high school environment's a great environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, 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 a, it, it's really good. Um, if you're doing it and you like it and it's fun and you're doing a lot of games, they're going to stay in a high school environment. Um, you know, you want to aspire to do higher things. Good for good for you, and I'll help you in any way I can. I don't, I don't, I don't want to discourage that. But um, I think our game speaks for itself and and keeps people in in, in what they want to do. And um, and I, I don't worry about the colleges. Um, I know that uh, um, that they we need to be a partner in in helping them, and because they know that we are. Uh, where, where, where officials get their start and where they get their training. And, um, and we're happy to be a partner with them. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't see them as a threat yet. Uh, if I do, then, then she'll be the first to know. (laughs) All right. And you're right. High school basketball is nothing like it. Uh, it's, um, there's nothing like a packed crowd, even, uh, with, with the band playing and uh, everybody going crazy, it's there's there's nothing like that. So we are finished with the post game. We're going to go to the five quick decisions, and we're going to take Bo back to his high school officiating days. We'll be right back. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different. When the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know, visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials 
and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. All right, Bo, five quick decisions. Uh, we're going to go back to your high school days a little bit. Or or you can even answer these questions with maybe something that you've heard while you've been the director of officiating. So here we go. What is the best food that you've had at one of your games? Uh, I think the best was probably um, the, some, some homemade chicken uh, sandwiches, uh, stewed chicken. Uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, that, that's probably tied with, uh, I've been at, uh, places where, you know, the, the wives got together and you got, you got meatballs and you got oh, different, uh, like a smorgasbord of stuff. That's the best stuff yeah. is when you have homemade cooking stuff. Yeah. We like that. That's always good. All right. The most, what is your most embarrassing moment in officiating? Um, probably my most embarrassing moment, uh, was my first college football game um it wasn't my first game it was my first regular season game i worked a, one game but then i got on a crew and i was so excited um to uh to be underneath the goalpost. i was working downfield and and uh i had a field goal try and it was short i was going to come up and signal no good and i came right out i'm signaling no good the ball bounced right up and hit me right between the legs <laughs> And knocked me down. Uh, it was bad. That was pretty embarrassing. Uh, recall the funniest thing or something you'll always remember about one officiating partner. Uh, I, I think the funniest thing is uh, uh, Ken Kaiser was my partner for a long time in basketball. And um, we uh, we would we, we'd be working and and um, and he was great with the crowd. And we're working a scrimmage. I can't think it was in St. Charles. I'm not real sure, but um, we're working a scrimmage. And the uh, guy was reading the paper, sitting there, and and the play was stopped. And the guy's pointing to the paper, and it's when the movie Dumb and Dumber was out. And um, and the, and the guy looked at Ken and pointed at the movie. Came Ken started laughing and saying, "Oh." That's us, isn't it? <laughs> and the guy smiled and laughed, and I'm like, that's just, he says he was great just making people comfortable and laugh in a situation when some people might have got mad, but it was good. I always remember Ken uh, uh, working with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always good too. Uh, people now think, what's a newspaper? So that's, yeah. Um, so that that's a good one. Uh, what is the funniest thing a player, coach, or fan ever said to you? You know, we, we had a game, uh, and and I was involved in it, but it, it wasn't me. But my uh, uh, one of the coaches that he can be a little raucous. He's still coaching, but um, we're coaching, and and uh, there was a call made by our partner, and um, and we're going going down the court because we're thinking, you know it was obvious what the call was. Coach looked right at us and he goes, hey, he called it on us. He didn't call it on us. We said, what? <laughs> we started laughing, went down the other end of the court, and he was laughing too, so it was okay. But I'm like, I just couldn't believe it. Usually they're just screaming. You know, you just, hey, guys, you're going the wrong way. I'm 
like, oh, okay. Oh, shoot. And the last question, what's the weirdest, funniest, or most unusual thing that you've witnessed while officiating? Weirdest and funniest. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. Um, <laughs> there's so many things that happen. That I would say that one of the weirdest things was the first time ever when I'm going over to report a foul. And this was years ago when cell phones were not necessarily uh, in, in use as much. But we're going over to report a foul, and the, the official score is on the phone and not looking at us. And I'm like, really? <laughs> How are we going to report this? We've got to we've got to get this going. It was it was a little strange, but we got them on the on the straight and narrow after that. <laughs> Did he? He probably said, you know, I don't agree with your call. I'm calling another official, right? <laughs> yeah. In, in, that, in that in those days, it really it was shocking more than anything. Because right. nowadays, I'd see someone on the phone, I'd just say, "Put your phone away," because you're on it too much anyway. <laughs> Oh, well, this is good. Thanks, Bo, uh, for taking the time to be with us today. You've provided a lot of really good insight about Ohio uh, basketball officiating. So I uh, appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Happy to do it. Thanks for everything. Uh, we appreciate you getting the word out uh, on your podcast on everything that is good about officiating. And that wraps up another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, be sure to tune in next week for more wisdom from another basketball official. And until then, remember to read Mark chapter 1, verse 11 for your daily inspiration. <laughs>